2: Welcome in. Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid. Great to be with you here this afternoon, 12 to 2 Eastern. Craig Mish, Davis Matic, Fantasy Sports Talk for two hours. Lots of preview of tonight's game in the NFL. We'll help you get set up for that. Also, of course, discuss the NBA, everything happening in the hot stove and Major League Baseball as well. Davis, good Thursday afternoon to you. Looks like we got... Uh, Decent game on the board here tonight. Very interesting to see if the Patriots can kind of keep what they've been doing going. And, you know, certainly from a Falcons perspective, we'll wait and see, especially on Corderell Patterson. He's had such a fantastic year. One of the real MVPs of fantasy football. Hopefully he gets a chance to play tonight. So we're waiting on that as well.
3: Yeah, we're, we're waiting on that, and I was actually doing a little bit of reading this morning, and apparently Brandon Bolden of the New England Patriots is questionable as well. Uh, I, I actually think fantasy gamers might appreciate Brandon Bolden sitting this one out, because then we can pretty much uh, any league where you have Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson, you're not really going to have to think too hard, and those guys are, are just going to be automatic starts but i i uh, also you know hope that patterson is able to go tonight i i think he probably will go and he's going to be kind of on a, a pitch count i think is kind of what am I, i'm anticipating
2: all right we'll have a full preview of that game coming up here are our headlines here on the show on the thursday november 18th 2021 phoenix suns after that slow start are red hot they beat the dallas mavericks last night 105 to 98 they've won 10 straight games The Cy Youngs in the American and National League were given out. Robbie Ray of the Toronto Blue Jays wins the Cy Young. Corbin Burns of the Milwaukee Brewers, very close one over Zach Wheeler. Uh, Houston Astros are going to bring Justin Verlander back on a one-year deal, also an option involved in that. And so Verlander, who won a World Series with Houston, is back there for at least one more season and uh, brandon belt accepts the qualifying offer he was the only player in major league baseball to accept the qualifying offer davis in this uh hot stove season we're sort of uh, two weeks away from finding out if there's going to be a lockout or not so i would guess that there'll probably be some signings over the next two weeks for some players to get that in before that um and then in the nba a lot going on as well so lots to unpack here on the show today
3: yeah, uh we're you know, we're about a quarter of the way through the NBA season. We have some MLB awards to uh to discuss. I, I thought that these were, you know, probably the right way to do those awards. I mean, you know, look, I, I love I love Robbie Ray. I was telling George on the show yesterday, I was like, you know, Craig and I in the preseason, we'd be going back and forth on on Robbie Ray. So it was it was cool to see him have that season. And you nailed I mean, what, Kurt Corbin Burns made one start and you said, Go bet on this guy to win an LMVP. So I think uh, some some money to be made by viewers of uh, fantasy sports today, as it pertains to that. Pretty nice. Um, and I I wish we had I wish we had more baseball signings to to be talking about. And I wish that we had yeah. uh, you know we could kind of start to to turn our eyes towards fantasy baseball next season. Really do not want to work stoppage. Absolutely do not want to work stoppage for baseball. That would be that would be brutal.
2: Yeah, and it's still sort of unclear at this point. I can, you know, sort of, it, it does feel it does feel like there's going to be some sort of lockout on December 1st. But from most of the people that I talk to, the reason why they feel it's going to be maybe a one-month lockout, Davis, is only because of the holidays. There's just so much happening in the month of December. It's sort of hard to build around that. But I, I think it'll be over in January, and it could set up for a really strong free agent season. And hot stove. There are some players that want to get paid now, Davis, and they don't want to risk it. I think you saw that with Rios in his contract extension. I think that you definitely saw that with Eduardo Rodriguez. But I, I think the big guys like uh, you know Corey Seeger and Carlos Correa and some of those names, I, th- I think we're probably going to be waiting on that. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, you know, the other part of this too that happened yesterday and Davis from a fantasy perspective, this will be really interesting because you know we are really not going to know who Justin Verlander is. In 2022, when we talked during fantasy baseball draft season, because if he's 80% of what we've seen in the past, the guy is probably going to front your rotation in fantasy, but there just simply isn't anybody coming off Tommy John surgery. That's throwing 200 innings in a major league season. And and I I don't recall a player with this stature that has played the league for this long. And is this age having Tommy John surgery and coming back and pitching from it. I mean, I'm not saying he can't, I just don't even recall it.
3: No, I, I don't recall it either. And that, you know, one that's twofold. Obviously, guys are, especially pitchers, are pitching longer than ever right now. And also, you know, the surgeries have gotten better, right? The surgeons have gotten better, the recovery's gotten better, the physical therapy has gotten better. So I, I used to be, uh, and I still am for football a huge injury pessimist. Like once a guy is hurt in football season, that's it. They're done. Michael Thomas, right? Absolutely done for me. Won't draft him. In baseball, I do feel like it's a little bit different. Uh, You know, mostly because baseball is is not a contact sport. So the ways in which you would injure yourself, you kind of have control over, like you know how to adjust your movement and you know how to feel out your body and what it can and what it can't do. So I would bet when we get into fantasy baseball season, you know, you and I are talking in February and March, I, I bet that if Verlander is cheap, I will probably be in on him.
2: Maybe worth a shot. Look, Houston's still going to be very good, even without Correa going into next season. And that's not to say that they don't sign other players to replace him too. All right, so that's where we begin here on the show. Coming up next, it's time for us to take a look at our fantasy standouts. For those of you playing DFS in the NBA, we'll also have some big questions from Wednesday night and what was a very full slate. In addition to that, we'll preview Thursday Night Football. We'll hear from Arthur Smith, the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, talk a little bit about the big matchup this weekend that has the potential to have the most fantasy points of any game in the nfl this season as dallas takes on kansas city i would imagine at least that's the prediction going into the week will that end up being the case we certainly will talk about that too stay on the grid davis and i'll be right back in two minutes great, great.
0: The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling.
1: Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart.
2: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today, SportsGrid.com. Thanks for watching us here on this Thursday. We've got plenty of football to get to in about 10 minutes from now. But first, let's recap what happened in the NBA last night. And from a daily fantasy perspective, we'll bring in, of course, my co-host Davis Maddock, along with our producer today, Brett Levy. We're going to go through his DFS lineup for tonight, coming up in a little while. So without further ado, let's take a look at the fantasy standouts from last night in the nba and we'll start off with the one who led them all of course that is Giannis of the milwaukee bucks 47 points nine rebounds three assists one block and one steal jimmy butler udonis haslam and the miami heat 31 points 10 rebounds 10 assists another great game for uh, jimmy b uh, james harden 27 10 7 assists one block and two steals jason tatum had 34 points nine rebounds five assists uh, and one block and Talon Horton Tucker, 25 points, 12 rebounds, three assists, one block, and two steals. All right, Davis, I'll start with you here. Of course, Giannis with the 47 points gets all the attention, uh, but you know certainly a lot of other standouts from last night. What was most interesting for you?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, probably the most interesting is that uh, Giannis could have had way more than this. He had uh, 10 points in the first five minutes of that game against the Lakers last night. I mean, he uh, we we're t- like... I, I think had he, uh, you know, really kept it up and and not been um, sharing the ball with Chris Middleton and Bobby Portis, I actually think the fact that Portis started this game in, instead of you know one of you know Jordan and Wara or or Giannis's brother Thanasis, like he could have he could have gotten seventy here pretty easy because Craig, the Lakers are a mess. I mean, just there just is no there's just is no other way to put it. They're eight and eight. Uh, you know, supposedly LeBron is going to be back on Friday, but uh, you know, they're starting Carmelo Anthony and Avery Bradley, you know, Rajon Rondo and Wayne Ellington are, are, are key parts of this. And then, you know, they're very lucky that Taylor Horton Tucker has come back from injury because they're just the, my, my big takeaway from last night is just the Lakers are a mess. like this. This is not going how the Lakers anticipated this season was going to be going.
2: Yeah, and, and and look, as long as as they finish five games over, they'll probably be the final seed in the West or seventh seed somewhere along those lines, and then you know they'll have playoff time. Didn't work for them last year, that's for sure. All right, Brett, how about you? What was your takeaway from last
6: night? Yeah, well, I just want to pat myself on the back because rarely do I get a top five player out of a uh, bottom, you know, tier price guy like Taylor Horton Tucker. So, uh, you know, Craig, I got one right last night. With Talon Horton Tucker, he played really well for the Lakers. And um, look, I I guess I have uh, a little bit of the same concerns as Davis when it comes to how the Lakers are playing basketball, but there's a lot of teams struggling early right now and uh, I mean look a week ago or two weeks ago we were panicked about the blazers a week later they're uh, seven and one in all home games this year so uh, they're one and seven on the road that's a big concern but um, you know things even out over time it was a, a quick early sample size in the season.
2: Yeah and look every you know at this time of the year I mean most people feel, at least not the last two seasons, but most people feel like the NBA season sort of starts on Christmas Day. Um, look, it's fair to say, even with with sports that play 82 games like the NBA and 162 in Major League Baseball, it's really hard to get a feel for teams the first month or two of any uh, season that's that long, hockey included. All right, so our NBA uh, big questions from last night are as follows. What should we do with Julius Randle of the Knicks in fantasy? Can the Blazers take their home cooking on the road as they end up beating the Bulls last night? And can anyone cool off the Phoenix Suns, Davis? I mean, that's you know certainly a really good question. I remember the first week of the season, you know, Chris Paul was being pelted with questions. What's going on? You guys don't look as good as he did last year. And now, I mean, do they look like the best team in the NBA? I mean, I, I think it's fair to say. I don't know if that'll last.
3: Yeah, uh, I I don't know if it'll last either. I do think the Julius Randle question is fairly interesting because he actually still has very strong usage. The problem is he is just shooting the ball terribly. Uh, You know, last season, 52% effective field goal percentage um, led the league in minutes played per game last year. That's, you know, just part of uh, being in Tom Thibodeau's rotation. He loves to play his studs. I, I think he will probably. Um, I think he will probably figure it out though. You know, he, he was shooting a ton of three pointers last year, five and a half, uh, five and a half, three point attempts per game up to 6.3 this year. But last year, Julius Randle shot, uh, you know, shot 40, uh, shot 41% from three this year. He's down at 35% from three so i think he will probably uh i think he will probably get those things figured out um he's rebounding about the same he's assisting about the same generating the generating the same number of steals and blocks so i i honestly think he will probably end up being fine you just kind of have to wait for the shooting to rebound a little bit all right
2: brett how about for you here we got julius randall on the table here and again with Phoenix playing as hot as they are and even doing well against the spread, it's, you know, it's, it's always interesting to see this. It it feels like almost like Utah from a year ago.
6: Yeah. uh, Phoenix has been really impressive, Craig. And uh, look, they were finding other ways to win when guys were out eight and miss some games early. Frank Kaminsky has a 30 point game for the Suns, So it's been a really impressive 10 game winning streak. And uh, yeah, I think it's, you know, no fluke. The Suns were in the finals a year ago, um, and we got to look at them as serious contenders. We were talking about the Warriors early in the week because they beat uh, the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn, so uh, there are some good teams in the Western Conference that aren't named the Lakers and the Clippers. Uh, The Mavericks have been kind of disappointing so far, so Uh, I definitely think Phoenix is a contender and um, I I expect them to stay hot for a little bit. I would not start fading them yet.
2: All right. Uh, You know, Davis last night, a couple of other finals here to talk about, Uh, you know, listen, we don't talk a ton about the bad teams in the NBA, but Detroit beats Indiana 97 to 89. One of the bigger underdog wins in the NBA as Indiana was favored by six and a half points. And, Uh, Look, Detroit is probably going to be near the bottom of the standings this season, but I think maybe this is just an indicator early season. Not really sure what to expect.
3: Yeah, uh, and also part of it is that uh, Cade is finally starting to play well. So the other night, uh, he scores uh, 25 points for the first time. He's starting to generate some assists. and, And really, he's just kind of starting to get comfortable as a member of the NBA. And I think a lot of people actually thought it would kind of take Cade some time to get comfortable in the NBA because he was not a um he was a dominant player in college, but not dominant the way you expect, guys, where he's like taking every single shot and assisting on every single basket. He's you know, like a really good teammate. He likes to work in the pick and roll. You know, he likes to create for others. And kind of the same not that Kate is the same Quality of player, but a lot of the criticisms that were lobbied at LeBron when he first got to the NBA and Cade played um, extremely well last night, you know, six for 18 from the floor made uh, the the problem right now with Cade is he cannot buy a three pointer. He's been okay around the basket, but he is, he is shooting like he just so bad from, from three right now. And I think he'll probably get that figured out.
2: Is he at 10% yet? I know he was 8-8 eight eight like a week ago or two weeks ago. Maybe he's about that. But, yeah, it has got to get better uh, along those lines. Uh, okay, thank you, Brent, for, for popping on here. We'll talk some more NBA with you coming up in about 30 minutes from now. We'll check in on the Daily Fantasy lineup for Thursday night in the NBA. Of course, we have NFL tonight. We also have uh, tons of college football to talk about here on the show. But up next... With sort of the changing of teams in the NFL, and especially teams that are chasing the playoffs, could we potentially see some wide receivers that either are on the waiver wire or sitting on the back of your bench, maybe getting larger roles? We're going to touch on that coming up next. So get your waiver wire, get your you know favorite fantasy app out that you use. Maybe you want to pick up a couple of these players. And then also with a projected total of close to 60 points in the NFL coming up on Sunday, Uh, Is this matchup between the Dallas Cowboys and the Kansas City Chiefs going to live up to the expectations? Sometimes those have have had that this season, and other times they have not. So, Davis and I will touch on that as well. We return next here on Fantasy Sports Today. So, stay on the grid. Great, great.
0: The squeak of shoes on a basketball court, the crack of the bat on a home run, the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling.
1: Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart.
2: Week 11 of the NFL is here. And if you want to get the edge, follow us on Twitter at SportsGrid and at sports Grid tv for all of the latest information from all of our hosts and guests and people that we have talking sports with you against the spread or also from a fantasy perspective. That's on Twitter at SportsGrid and at sports Grid tv Welcome back, Craig Mish, Davis Matic. We're getting ready to preview Thursday Night Football. But before we do that, today was the waiver wire in fantasy. Unfortunately, I struck out, did not get anything that I was going for. Uh, needed a backup defense this week because I had the Rams off, put a buck on the Dolphins, didn't get that. Hoping I get the 49ers in one league. Uh, Foreman was available in a league and, and didn't get him because my waiver priority wasn't high enough. So just one of those weeks for me that got to roll with who I got. Uh, you know, Maybe Jeff Wilson is worth playing this week. We'll see. So... Enough about my teams. Let's talk about your teams. Davis, talking about wide receivers in fantasy, especially on teams that are headed toward the playoffs, and we're going to talk about several of them here that uh, you know may be in line for some larger roles this season. So uh, who are those players as we're now past the halfway point of the regular season and far past the halfway point of the fantasy season of players that maybe will see that tick up as we go on?
3: So basically, this, uh, this list came through from me working through projections this week over on dailyroto.com if you want access to those. And basically, all of these teams kind of have a, a vacuum for targets for different reasons. Uh, the first one here is Byron Pringle of the Kansas City Chiefs. And for the very first time in his career, he outsnapped both McCole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson in the same game. So he's outsnapped Robinson before. And he's out-snapped Hardman before, but he's never done it in the same game. And I think part of the reason why the Chiefs are are starting to do that is, one, I mean, DeMarcus Robinson just an all-time traffic cone, right? Like, I mean, he's, he's played with Mahomes for how long? And has, like, four total touchdowns the entire time he's been playing with him. And clearly they wanted uh, to get a return on their investment with Hardman with that second-round pick, but it's just not going to happen. And Pringle seems to be the one that's actually – playing the best. And so if Pringle is actually a good NFL wide receiver and he's getting targets and and the second most playing time amongst Chiefs wide receivers, he actually I I could see him kind of being a fantasy football playoffs hero because keep in mind the Chiefs are not going to be able to take their foot off the gas this year in the fantasy football playoffs. They are going to need every win and they're going to need Mahomes playing well. So, I, and, and I made a bunch of bids on Pringle on, on my fantasy football teams last night, got him on some, didn't get him in some others, but I, I feel pretty good about him. Uh, Zay Jones for your uh, Las Vegas Raiders. They're not really your Raiders anymore, but Henry Ruggs, right? Henry Ruggs is in jail. They signed Deshaun Jackson, but Deshaun Jackson only ran, uh, I think, 11 routes against the Kansas City Chiefs in that loss on, uh, well, now I can't remember if it was Sunday night. It was Sunday night. Um, and, and I think the assumption was that Deshaun Jackson would be a full-time player because that's why he left, uh, Los Angeles, but I don't think that's happening. I just think at his age, he is a guy now now they'll probably target him three or four times a game, but I think he's playing like max 30% of the snaps. And, and since Henry Ruggs went to jail, Zay Jones has been a full-time player. He's basically barely left the field playing about 95% of the snaps. He's kind of more of a, a deep league guy. Um, Since week three of the NFL season, would it surprise you to know, Craig, that since week three, Kendrick Bourne is a top 20 fantasy football wide receiver?
2: Shocking. Never would have guessed. Top 50, I wouldn't have guessed.
3: Yeah, would would not have guessed either, um, and and the reason why is you know with the Patriots they run the ball a ton, they have the tight ends, but Bourne is seems to be the one that just kind of fits the best with Mac Jones and what they're doing on offense. And then also you know the tertiary part of this discussion is they just have not figured out what to do with Jonu Smith. They spent all this money signing Jonu Smith from the Tennessee Titans, and uh, he is he's only been targeted more than twice in a game. Mm-hmm. One time since uh September. So basically they they just have not figured out how to consistently get him the ball because Kendrick Bourne has just been more reliable. Stop me if you've heard this one before, but for the Green Bay Packers to be a truly elite NFL offense, <laughs> right? And and I've I've done this a million times with Marquez Valdez scaling, right? It just it just from, from an offensive perspective, it does not make very much sense to throw the ball to one guy 40% of the time. Now Robert Tunyon's on the IR. Aaron Jones is on ice. Like, who are they going to throw the ball to? Are they throw to Randall Cobb. Like, and maybe the answer is that they're just going to be so good running the ball with AJ Dillon that they won't need to. But this is, you know, that would be a, a time for Marquez Valdez Scantling to shine. Quez Watkins, he is he's been earning more playing time throughout the year. But Dallas Goddard has a concussion. So, I don't think that he is going to play this week against the New Orleans Saints. Watkins is kind of the slot wide receiver, so he could replace some of those routes. And I actually think this is a game where Jalen Hurts is going to have to throw. Um, so, I, I really like Quez Watkins on this list as well.
2: Ray Ray McLeod, also of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. I know he's in the return game, so maybe you get some extra points there if he scores a touchdown. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's some good stuff on board. I really wouldn't have guessed that, but New England does such a good job of sort of masking who their players are on offense that, you know, you would never know. I was on uh, the morning after, and, and we were looking at some player props, and I was going through it, and I'm like, my gosh, like this just tells you there's no confidence. How is New England winning when all of their player props are 30 yards receiving? Like every player on there, but yet yeah, they're delivering fantasy points, which is really interesting. Uh, Okay, now to uh, to a decision that it's really interesting for more, I think, for DFS this week than anything else, because I I think you're probably going to end up starting one of these two quarterbacks in a DFS uh, lineup this week. But uh, let's take a look at this this classic matchup that looks like it's on deck for us Sunday. Hopefully it lives up to it. I mean, unfortunately, the NFL has sort of not lived up to these big matchups this year. I will say that. But Dak Prescott, who missed one game, let's not forget when you compare these numbers against Patrick Mahomes. Prescott, 23, 41 yards passing, Mahomes, 2940. 40, uh, 20 touchdowns for Dak, 25 for Mahomes. The key, key figure here that's a big change is Mahomes' is 10 interceptions. So season-long leagues, if you're losing two points for a pick, I mean, that's minus 20 on that one. Uh, but, but even the pricing is interesting here because Dak is 8,400 this week. Mahomes is 8,300. And Mahomes, in his weekly press conference, was asked about Dak Prescott and the kind of player that he thinks he is.
7: First off, I mean, he's a tremendous leader. I I think that you can see that even when you're just watching uh, as a fan of of him and and of them. And so for him, he's a tremendous leader. He's been a starter in the league for a long time now. He's he's athletic. You can see that by the way he played in college, and he can make a lot of big-time throws. And so uh, they have a great offense over there. They have a great team over there. So uh, it'll be a great challenge for us going uh, going up against them this week.
2: Yeah, and this is a game, Davis, that looks wonderful on your TV slate. It's like it comes around once every three or four weeks where it's like, wow, this is the game that you want to watch. But let's also be honest. Dallas has had their drips this season where it's like, "Okay, maybe they're not who we thought they were. Kansas City, I don't know how many television shows and radio shows I listened to for five weeks in a row with a host telling me, this is going to be the week that the Chiefs get it right. And then, you know, like it's never talked about again. They went through this for like almost two months. And then finally they did against the Raiders. But who knows if that's sustainable? I mean, they, they have more data to show us that they're not who we thought they were over the course of the season than we do. So I'd love to say, Davis, that this is one that lives up to the hype will it or or is this going to be another letdown game because i feel like the nfl's had a had some exciting finishes no question but it feels like on that uh, on that scale this year i feel like we've had more disappointments than than great games this year
3: if this game ends up being a disappointment i am going to be so cranky like i'm i'm coming on the show with you on monday if this game sucks and i'm going to be like what is the point what, are, what what are we what are we even doing you know, playing fantasy football, playing DFS, caring about these teams. If we cannot get a good game between these two teams, I just I am going to be miserable. The Dallas Cowboys, the best offense in the NFL in terms of yards per play, they average six point three yards per play. The Chiefs have been the best offense in the NFL for the last three seasons. They are now the ninth best team. Um, you know, but but. Uh, th- we can go here or there on that. Like I, I what, I I fell victim to the uh, the skies falling with the Kansas City Chiefs, and then I felt a lot better about uh, not even so much the results against the Raiders, but just the way they played. Like it just seemed like a little bit more free. Mahomes was taking some shots. He threw one of those you know terrible passes that in. Week three probably would have been intercepted. Instead, he's rolling out to his right, throwing across his body, and Byron Pringle catches it for a touchdown. Uh, I was telling George yesterday on on the show, you know, I could go to this game. This is only three hours away from me. Like, I, I like Arrowhead. And I thought about it, and I'm like, you know what? I feel like I will kind of jinx it if I go, right? Because, you know, I, I grew up being a Cowboys fan. I'm right. a Chiefs. Well, I'm kind of a Chiefs fan now. I, I kind of root for both of them. I don't even really know who I would want to win, if I win I think I would just root for whoever had the ball last I, I think but you you know you remember the analogy for this game though it was the the Chiefs Rams game on Monday night in yeah, Mexico City Mexico. in 2019 yep. that that is what that is what I want to have come from this game you know who knows if it will happen or not but that is what I want to have happen
2: 44 41 I think off the top of my head or, or something along 50- those lines 54 51. Where... I mean, I think you know what I think. Your assessment is fair. You should be upset if you don't get it. But I gotta tell you, me and Joe Pizzapia and Matt Stryker, we sit on this show Sunday morning, Davis, and we throw the three biggest totals out. And these two dudes fight me every week. That oh, they're all gonna they're gonna go over, and this is gonna and I I say, guys, it's not gonna happen. Like it's 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 two of the three are gonna go under. And and last week I think it was all three. I mean, I don't know why this is the case in the NFL, but you illustrated it. If points are down eight points per game over the course of the entire NFL season, you still have an advantage on betting unders in the NFL. In fact, more unders if it than overs in the NFL this season. So hopefully it changes. I agree with you, but to predict that is very tough. We'll look at tonight's game now. Great,
4: great.
0: The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling.
1: Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart.
2: Thursday night football in Atlanta. The Chick-fil-A is open for business tonight. Good news for fans if you're going to the game tonight. Let's take a look at the lines on FanDuel right now, and we'll give you a preview of the game from a DFS perspective. Uh, New England opened up at 7, and I and I saw a lot of 7. I, I think there's not much left of that at this point. Uh, but right now, New England is minus 6.5 on FanDuel, and if you take the Falcons, you get the 6.5. But, boy, it does feel like you, you lo- you'd love to have that extra half, I think. Money line bet on New England, you're crazy, minus 295, but plus 240 on the Atlanta side. And then the total in this one is uh, 47, with a little lean toward the under in this one. And uh, Arthur Smith, of course, is in his first year as head coach in the NFL and his first year with the Atlanta Falcons. And he was asked sort of the 360-degree view of where the Falcons are at halfway through his first season coaching in Atlanta.
7: Well, we certainly want to play. We want to play better than we played last week. But, uh, you know, overall, big picture, we want to be a smart and efficient team. You know, we want to be a physical brand. And so we, we, we're obviously a work in progress, kind of looking at it like a startup, Mike. Uh, we've got some good, we've got some bad, we've got some ugly and we've had some decent moments. But, uh, you know, we just learning how to, how to win games and finish uh, and we're four and two in one possession games. We've had three games that haven't been very good uh, towards the end. And that's the kind of we're, we're, we've got a good mix of guys that were here that are that are playing well for us we've got some young guys you'll see out there tomorrow night and we've got some good quality veterans that that are here you know uh for the first time it's a good mix kind of a three-tiered system there and so as you're forming this program and trying to create a winning culture I and mean, a lot of the things that i'd imagine they they valued up in new england we value here and, and that's how you win and sustain success for a long time with guys that are smart that are dependable I know those are things you hear a lot from coaches. But, uh, you know, that's the thing we're trying to implement and getting the right people, coaches and players.
2: Uh, Falcons are up against it, that's for sure. They may not have Patterson. They don't have Ridley. We know that their offensive uh, line is is challenged a little bit. But, Davis, before we get to the pricing in DFS, you know, I got to tell you here, I'm in love with the way that New England is playing. I bet Bill Belichick to win the NFL Coach of the Year. I think Mac Jones is going to make a charge at Rookie of the Year. But I simply put, don't see New England as, as being viable as a touchdown favorite over anyone, and especially even on the road. If Atlanta's proven anything this season is that throw out what they did the week before. They look great one week. They come back, and they're terrible. They look terrible one week. They come back, and they're great. And dogs are covering, like, insane numbers this season. I mean, New England, and again, big fan of New England. You heard me talk about them earlier this week. I mean, they barely beat Houston. So I don't know, like something is off for me with this one. I I think this comes right down to the end.
3: I think, uh, so this is why I could see this game kind of finally bucking our trend of, uh, you know, all the big favorites uh, losing in unexpected ways. The Patriots do not invite any variance with the way that they play. I I think the reason why we are seeing so many of these underdogs be successful this season is is twofold. The first is that good football is very different now from what it was in 1990. Good football now is a 60-40 pass-to-run ratio. It's taking lots of shots. It's accepting that sometimes your star quarterback is just not going to have a good day at the office. Sometimes your star quarterback is going to throw three interceptions – Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes, we've seen Lamar Jackson last Thursday had a terrible game against the Dolphins. And so when you play that way, you are just naturally inviting more variance. Teams are going for it on fourth down all the time. That invites even more variance because then you're giving up short fields and teams can score points on you a little bit easier. The Patriots don't do that. They don't throw the ball. They don't throw the ball deep. They don't really go for it on on fourth down. I mean, in obvious scenarios, you know, Bill Belichick was kind of one of the first coaches to actually start doing that, but he's gone the other way. I I think uh, if I remember correctly, uh, he at one point this year punted on the thirty eight yard line of an opponent. So like he he is um, Bill Belichick used to be one of the most aggressive coaches in the NFL. Now he is much closer to the middle of the pack. Actually, I saw. Uh, a chart from our friend Ben B. Baldwin from The Athletic that showed that the Patriots have gone forward on fourth down, the fewest of any team in um, the NFL this year, which all sounds like I'm saying negative things, but I actually think in this context, it makes me like them a little bit more because the Falcons are not going to have that many opportunities to get lucky as it pertains to turnovers and short fields if they remain competitive in this game. It's going to be because the Falcons offense does their job, which I think is going to be, Harder for them if Cordell Patterson either doesn't play or is limited with an ankle injury.
2: Yeah, it's funny. I I just, you know, I'm not going against what's happening in the NFL. And it just continually, these dogs are covering, continually these teams that are at home getting points on the road, getting points or winning. I would also take the other approach on New England with you. I think they've been very lucky. They've been turning the ball. They've been getting interceptions in the red zone of almost every team in the NFL, two or three times a game. One time a defender drops that ball and that's the variance there for me. So I don't know. I, I think that Atlanta's got a great shot, not just to cover, but I, I think they could win this game tonight. And I and it and it wouldn't stop me from liking New England the rest of the season. I'm just sick and tired of looking at anything that happened the week before and thinking that it's an indication of the future because it never is. It just it just has not been in the nfl this season every,
3: every team in the nfl is average now that is the that is uh, the right other here. thing that's re- i i didn't even make my second point there which is that basically every team in the nfl is average now so any given week because the talent levels are so close you know outside of like you know Quarterback skill is the one thing that you can't really legislate with salary cap and the way the NFL, you know, salaries work. But that's what the NFL has always wanted. They've always wanted a league of 32 teams that are basically the same, but you you know, you can't legislate some teams get Patrick Mahomes and some teams get Davis Mills, right. and there's not anything you can do about that. But that is what is driving a ton of these results is that all these teams are just so close in skill level that it's it's just we're just seeing variants really play out.
2: Yeah, it, it used to be, I mean, the last 10 years, you'd have two or three teams that were absolutely terrible, two or three teams that were unbelievable, and then the rest were exactly how you were describing it. But now, even though, yeah, Houston and, and Detroit are probably very terrible, I mean, they're actually covering more than an 0-17 team would, and and you have no one at the top. So that's it's just a huge change for me, and and it's it's stunning to see these results this season come in. I think I mentioned it before and hit again last week. Over sixty percent of teams that don't cover the week before cover against the teams that did, and that team doesn't cover. So it's like when you get that perfect storm, it just it just is hammered, and here we are on Thursday night. All right, FanDuel DFS. Let's take a look at some options tonight and then we'll pick MVPs for tonight's game. Matt Ryan is at 15,500 of the Atlanta Falcons. We have Mac Jones at 15. Quarterback Patterson is 14,000, so you'll have to wait on that. Damian Harris 135, Ramondre 13, and Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is like the Chiefs for me. Like I'm not doing this whole Kyle Pitts it's gonna ha- it's got to it's got to it's gotta throw to somebody. I hear that a lot, too. I mean, look, Kyle Pitts is just it, He's going to be fantastic, but you got to stop banking on a Kyle Pitts ten catch, one hundred fifty yard, three touchdown game. It's just it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that they don't have Julio Jones anymore, that they don't have Calvin Ridley anymore, and this dude's cakiest is catching balls. Pitts is five for fifty. Maybe he'll have a good game. I don't know. Um, set my lineup for me tonight in the single game slate.
3: Well, I mean, Pitts. I Pitts. I think your your logic there is why Pitts is clearly the best play. Everyone is going to want to play the Patriots running backs tonight, Ramondre and Damian Harris. They're going to be the two most popular plays of the slate. If Patterson starts, he also is going to be incredibly popular. If he doesn't, both Mike Davis and Wayne Gallman uh, are going to get loads and loads of uh, of ownership. In fact, I think uh, the 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 roster construction that I don't know, like 30, 40% of the field is going to use is going to be a Patriots running back, a captain, the other Patriots running back, one of the quarterbacks and, uh, and, and Mike Davis or Wayne Gallman, or or both of them as well. Assuming that Cordell Patterson doesn't play the thing with Pitts is I, I mean, last week would have been the week uh, Kyle Pitts on their first two drives had three receptions for 50 yards. He got one more reception in the second quarter and then, the Falcons completely gave up. You know, they were they were trying to run the clock out at the end. <laughs> they were literally trying to run the clock out in the middle of the I second quarter. Anymore. Like like it like uh our, our, and Arthur Smith basically admitted it because they asked him why Wayne Gallman got so many carries and why Josh Rosen came in so early. And he basically said, Look, guys, it's a short week we were down 30 points like we like he didn't say we just wanted to get out of there but what he was saying was they just wanted to get out of there so i i think had uh because remember the the falcons they went for it on fourth and seven i think down 10 points and they didn't get it and dallas went down and scored that was a uh, elliott's second rushing touchdown i think had they gotten that fourth and seven and gotten a field goal or a touchdown on that drive i actually think kyle pitts was was going for the 10 reception, 150-yard, multiple touchdown game, which he has done this season uh, against New York, nine receptions, 119 yards and a touchdown against Miami, seven for 163. So Pitts is is my guy tonight. I think he is going to get under-owned by the field. He's out there every single play, running routes, getting targets. Um, and uh, I, think, I think people feel like you, Craig. They're just sick of waiting for it to happen.
2: Yeah, and, and I think it's the right call to believe it because – I suppose a good thing would be is like if the NFL expanded back to St. Louis Davis and you had your choice of taking anyone on any team in the NFL, you probably would debate on a lot of different teams. Like you'd be like, all right, well, if it's not this guy, maybe it's this. Atlanta, there's like no debating. Kyle Pitts is the best player on the Atlanta Falcons. Like it's not close. He's the
3: best. Well, Patterson, man. Patterson's pretty freaking
2: good. Patterson's had a great year. But I ju- I think long term, yeah, that's probably a better a better analysis. Long long term, I think Pitts would be the guy that I would want to have. No doubt. But if no Patterson doubt. is not playing, and, and I'm assuming that if Patterson you knew was playing, you probably wouldn't pick Kyle tonight, right? Like you would pick Patterson, right?
3: Uh, I I'd be more on Patterson, yeah, because I think people. He, so Patterson plays. I don't think Patterson will be near as popular as he should be because everyone just thinks New England's going to steamroll tonight and it's not going to be competitive and they're going to score 40 points running the ball 50 times.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think that is the case at all. Uh, but listen, we're in a position right now at 1251 Eastern here on Sports Grid, where we, we simply don't know that the at least most dynamic offensive player on the Falcons this, this week if he's playing or not. So neither of us is going to choose him for the MVP slot. But understanding if you're watching this on demand, that's where we stand. Uh, I am going to go with the least likely throw dart type player in Russell Gage of the Atlanta Falcons. Again, I like it. Uh, look, I, I I think Atlanta is going to score three touchdowns in this game. I don't know why. I just think they're getting twenty one, maybe a field goal that makes it twenty four. And 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 until I see Pitts get that game, you know, get that twelve catch, get that Kittle game, that Andrews game. Um, you know, and I, I look, I mean, it, it, you know, when you think about it with Tennessee, with Arthur Smith, did he really have a tight end that he targeted all that much? And I know Pitts is not a, you know, a, a prototypical tight end, but it was more the running backs and the receivers. Maybe you're right, Davis. Maybe this is the game. They have Chick-fil-A open. They give the ball to Pitts. F- 15 targets. Run the ball with Pitts, by the way. Why not? Maybe that's the equation sure. tonight, tonight without Patterson. Maybe we're seeing this guy running on j- jet sweeps. Maybe so. Uh, but I'll go with Gage. You got pits tonight in the uh, in the FanDuel lineup, in the MVP slot on FanDuel. All right, coming up next, we'll wrap up our first hour of fantasy sports today. We've got our headlines coming up as well. Make sure you stay with us here on Sports Group. Also we'll help you with the NBA DFS lineup tonight. We'll bring Brett back in the house for that. Stay on the grid. Great, great.
0: The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling.
1: Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart.
2: Well, filed this one under things that I did not know going into the show today. That the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, coming off the bye week, Zach Taylor, apparently Davis is a pretty big uh, craps player, and uh, you know certainly you know that's that's an acquired taste for some people. I personally think it's great. It is the one game, Davis, that I would tell you. Uh, I I don't think that I have. Uh, like an addictive personality to things. I'm pretty good at normalizing and stopping at things. That is the one game that's really hard to stop when you're doing well. Like that is, the of all the games, of all the, you know, betting, everything, to me, when you're on a run, it's almost like you can't stop. And then, and then you stop and you lose once. And then you want to go right back in it that, I mean, and, and again, I could probably stop at that too. So, you know, to be transparent with it, but that is one of those games where it could, it could be so much fun because you're just winning and winning and winning over and over again.
3: So very boring response for me here. I, I do not like table games um, cause I know I can't win. Like I, like, you know, I, I am, I am a, of that generation of boring kids who grew up reading, you know, the theory of poker by uh, by uh, David Sklansky and and all those books? Like I grew up playing poker because poker is a game that you can win. So when I would go to the casino in college with my buddies, they would go, you know, get free drinks and lose all their money. Blackjack, roulette, and I would I'd be in the card room playing, you know, one two limit hold'em, drinking drinking coffee because. That was, uh, that was how I knew I would make money, and I always I, did, I guess I didn't always, but I normally left with money, and my friends always left with no money.
2: A lot of the DFS uh, players, it feels like, that have come to prominence over the last 10, 20 years have been poker players, I think, if I'm not mistaken, or have dabbled in it in the very least. But uh, Holden was a really, really big thing for about 10 years. I actually was helping produce a TV show uh, on, on poker for a few years, too. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm more of a blackjack guy at this point. But there's nothing like getting together with your friends, Davis, and taking all their money in poker. I agree with you.
3: Yeah, nothing, nothing better.
2: Yeah. All right. With that, we will take a, a bottom of the hour timeout. Top of the hour after timeout. Let's be standing by with an update, so we'll turn it over to him. And Davis and I'll be right back.
5: Sports happens every day, and we give you expert insights and information on gaming, odds, and more. Every day. You see a trend? This is... The legends are true. Overboding power. The sauce of destiny. Yes!